Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole. Will T and Ray Jeezy, part of Empire Media. Will T, I was talking to you beforehand, bro. Did you uh? So we let's talk about Mortal Kombat real quick, bro. You said tell the folks what you thought about Mortal Kombat, my man. It was average at best, just slightly okay. Just slightly okay, average at best. What was your expectations for? I thought it was okay. I I wasn't expecting anything special. Uh, I thought that they would at least top the original version of it. Because, I, I mean, just because, you know, um, the technology's change has evolved when it comes to cinematography. Um, you've had uh, a lot a lot of time to, you know, decide how you want to put your own spin on the storyline and incorporate all the characters from the video game. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I was looking forward to that, but I will. The one, what one of the positives it positives of the movie was, it was true to the video game that it was bloody, it was gory, yeah. Yeah. and I liked that, and I appreciated that. I did appreciate that too. I, I, it definitely wasn't for kids, you know what I mean? You think about a video game yeah. a movie it wasn't for kids. Hey Ray G, did you see it? No, you said it. It wasn't for kids. I watch, <laughs> I watch movies. I watch movies with my family on Saturday nights. Every Saturday night, we watch movies. And Mortal Kombat was supposed to be that movie. However, once I I read some reviews, I, yeah. I just recognized, like you just said, it probably wasn't the best idea for my youngest. You know, yeah, my yeah. my my oldest, absolutely. But yeah, my little eight year old, I'm like, nah, I can't do it. So <laughs> we had to cancel it. No, I feel you. I feel you. Hey, uh. And I want to speak about Empire Media. Empire uh, Media has hosted multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kahn Report, uh, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kahn, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Uh, you can also subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. Um, this show can be found in podcast dc the new local app with hundreds of options in local news health and of course uh, of the dmv of course of the dmv region download the podcast d download the podcast dc app to hear all of the all of the empire shows as well as other great content um also you can also check out our um urban sports scene twitter uh, twitter handle at at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. Uh, the NFL draft goes down Thursday. Tony McGee's pro football plus Washington football team reporter Donna Hopper's hot play of late at 838. We'll discuss whether the Washington Nationals should start First baseman Ryan Zimmerman over Josh Bell. Finally, we'll talk Washington Capitals with WNST Capitals reporter Ed Frankovich. Uh, but first, right now we have Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington football team reporter Donna Hopkins on the line. What's going on, Donna? What's happening, fellas? <laughs> but you know what? Nothing. I just want to say that yeah. I watch Calm happy movies i can't take any of those (laughs) movies i need i need peace you know in my home hey donna what movies what movies what movies you've been watching what movies you've been watching forrest gump forrest gump That's calm. I love Forrest Gump. Don't do that. I love hey, Forrest look, Gump. I don't. I don't want to be fighting in my sleep. When 
I don't want to be fighting in my sleep when I go to bed <laughs> or have things coming after me. Oh my God, Don, you're telling me right now. Don, what's your favorite movie then? What's your favorite movie? Uh, somebody asked me that the other day, and my all-time favorite movie is Love and Basketball. That's everybody's favorite all-time favorite movie. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, no, because I'm a, I'm a basketball player I know. myself. But it just kind of like speaks to, you know, that whole scene as far as, you know, love and basketball, yeah, you, the, all the pieces that go together. And you know what's so great about that movie? So, Sanaa yeah. Lathan, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's swell. See? <laughs> Somebody asked me, what, what did I remember about the movie? I put my hand up and saying, check the ball. <laughs> <laughs> So, so just, just just give it back to me. So yeah, it was a great movie, but I try to watch calm movies. I'm not like you all. Yeah, I, I, I I'm like I'm like the little kid. Uh, I got to go to bed and not have nightmares. Oh God, don't do that. Hey Donna, you, Donna, you got to check out you got to check out Monkey Night Fight. I just want to put that in there. Hey, bro. go ahead, bro. <laughs> It's not, a, it's not a movie. It's not violent. It's not violent the way it sounds. It's going to make you some money. I promise. <laughs> I love how you do that in there. I, I hear you. <laughs> I'm going to watch uh, Wally. I'm going to watch you. you watch <laughs> That's me? all I got to say. Oh, I ain't saying nothing. I'm being quiet. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> all right, Don. Don't let me don't um, let, don't let me have to call out your mom when in the back. Okay, Don. Don't do that because you already owe, I owe you a bet, too. I mean, you, I, I know the crab cake thing. Yeah, I forget about I, you. Yeah, you I do. I know. You I ain't do. <laughs> All right, um, Donna, I um, have a question for you. Thursday, um, the NFL draft starts Thursday night. Washington has a 19th pick in the draft. Who do you see them drafting? Or do you see them staying at 19? Um, I think they will stay at 19, uh, unless it's a player that they really actually want to move up. But in moving up, they would have to probably give up so much uh, to that they're setting pretty good at 19 for for some of the needs that they have to address. And the position of, uh, I mean, if I was looking at the team's needs right now, I mean, linebacker would be the one that I would go to first, cornerback and then offensive line. And I won't even discuss quarterback, but I think they're going to be looking to draft a, a linebacker because if you look at this team over the last couple of years, that's the area on on the defensive side of the ball that they pretty su- they suffered a lot at as far as just being able to cover tight ends on the run. Uh, so the linebacker position is one of great need for that team on the defensive side of the ball. So that's where I see this team starting at first is the linebacker position. Yeah, they got a couple of linebackers. I, I think, you know, I mean, Michael Parsons is a guy that you know, a lot of people have talked about, but they don't have a chance to get him. Uh, he's just too talented. Won't be there. I know he won't <laughs> be there. Um, do you, so is there a linebacker that you think that will be there that they, that you see them see that you see fit perfectly on this defense? Well, well, Parsons is not going to be there. And the guy from Notre Dame, Jeremy Owusha. Yeah, he's not Jeremy. So you can go ahead. And start, he's going to be <laughs> gone. And these, but these two guys are like the, the cream of the crop of mm-hmm. linebackers. They, they're going to be impactful. Uh, whoever, whatever team they go to, immediately they're going to be able to impact that team that they're going through. To uh, The other guy that probably that Washington, uh, Davis, but the Collins uh, from T- Tulsa is another guy that they actually should look at. He's 6'5", 260 pounds, physical has no limitations, and this guy would probably fit into uh, that. And then uh, Bolton uh, is another guy from Missouri. He may not be there, but if the the top two other guys are not there, that's where I would look at first. But uh, talking to some of my sources, they said that Collins is a guy that if he's there, they should not overlook him. Mm. Yeah, he's a guy. And, and, and then hey. the thing about it is you look at him being 260 pounds, but he's got great speed, even at that that size. And then he's six five. So this is a guy that you know is big and strong, and that would you know suit that linebacker position that they've got. I would love to have a linebacker that could play both the run and the pass. Uh, but those two guys, like I said, are going to be gone. Um, that can play the both both 
you know, sides of, of the, the ball as far as, you know, left, right. They can, you know, play all over the field, and that would be perfect for them to get, but that's not going to be the case. So, Donna, we got a old friend out there in San Francisco who has kind of took some of that old Washington football team culture, I stress old, and where it's reports that Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, he, he's kind of fighting with the front office about who to take at number three. But the reason why I mention that is because I feel like that may dictate in ways what Washington hear that there's some interest in Trey Lance. What's the what's the, the chance or put a percentage on it that the Washington football team still may trade up to try to get this QB? Um, I don't think that they're – I don't really think that they're going to trade up because if they do trade up, imagine what they would have to give up to trade up that far. Uh, I mean, you, you, you're looking at possibly having to give up somebody on the defensive side of the ball. Who do you want to give up on the defensive line? I wouldn't give up any of those guys. And not only that, you look at the offensive side of the ball and, you know, the defense is going to dictate this coming season anyway. So, so as they say, defense wins championships. So you have to have your defense strong because the offense is still a work in progress, not having, you know, that franchise quarterback still, but with the, the quarterbacks that they've got right now, they should be able to be halfway decent in getting the job done still. I would not mortgage the team or uh, give up so much to move up. And I think, like I said, if they stay where they are, they're going to have some good from, uh, um, and, you know, having Eric Flowers back, mm. they just signed him back from Miami. He was with Washington for one year before, mm-hmm. you know, he went to Miami. So they've got him back at the guard, you know, with Sheriff, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with him. So they still have great options to get some uh, cornerback, the linebacker, offensive line players without having to trade up to get a quarterback. Um, uh, even if even if he's good as what they say, but you just never know when they come into the NFL. Okay, Donna, so I, I mentioned not, Kyle Shanahan. I would not. If I'm the GM, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mentioned Kyle Shanahan for a reason, because if he goes to Mac Jones, who that's reportedly who he wants at three, Kyle Pitts presumably goes at four to Atlanta, then Trey Lance is going to slide most likely. Then you may be in a scenario where you don't have to trade as much. If you don't have to give as, uh, uh, up as much, don't you think maybe you pull the trigger then to get somewhere closer to the top 10 to 15? Because like I said, you may not have to, what you just referenced, give up a, a good defensive player or impact your strongest suit on your team, which is the defense. Yeah, but you think about this. If Washington is one of the guys, the, the teams that uh, salary caps, I mean, they've got money, a lot of money this year to kind of like, do some things even after the draft is over and getting some of the the veteran players that teams have not picked up yet. So you have to be careful about moving up to just get this Mm -hmm. particular player when you have some other needs to meet. Um, And and I think that they're in good shape as far as to sign some of those players. It could be a Mm. quarterback out there, veteran quarterback still out there that they could possibly still pick up or other needed players that they don't have to move up to just get this one player. Um, I mean, you, you're talking about even if he drops to number 10, they're at number 19. So mm-hmm. if they would have to still give up quite a bit, mm. even to move up to get that type of player. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're listening to the urban sports and we are chatting with Donna Hopkins from Tony McGee's pro foot uh, football plus. So Donna, you mentioned Eric flowers, uh, Washington acquired him back. Uh, he was on the team in 2019. Um, does this acquisition mean they're not going to draft a, an offense alignment in the first round? Yeah, that's the great thing about that is that getting him back allowed them not to possibly have to go that route of, well, we need an offensive player, you know, as far as a guard, if Sheriff is not there after this year and Flowers is not that old. So so they met a need before the draft came in getting him back and they didn't have to give up a lot mm-hmm. to, to sign him back. So they've already addressed one offense, the offensive line by getting him. And so that secured them as far as looking 
for some of the other needs, the linebacker position. And I think that that's where they should concentrate on more than the quarterback this year, because still you're going to be grooming this guy to, to play versus you already got a veteran quarterback in, in camp. You, you got, you know, Cal Allen that's coming back from an injury. So, so you got a couple of, I mean, it's not the ideal situation at quarterback, but until what, what did uh, Ron Rivera said, we have to be able to get the right quarterback in here. And who that is, we don't know yet. Is he the right quarterback to bring in here at this junction? Or is it better to go after other needs where the linebacker, the cornerback, or even maybe another offensive lineman where, you know, you're going to address some key areas to make the team better right away? Mm-hmm. The quarterback is not that the quarterback right there is not going to make the team better right away, mm-hmm. but a good linebacker and a good cornerback is going to make that defense that's already good even better. Mm. So Donna, would you say that, that, that's just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just my take as far as looking at the scope of this team moving forward. So Donna, would you say, say, say to raise, I'm going to put a, a scenario that Ray kind of put out. So say Trey Lance drops to 15, like 15, do you would you entertain that then or would you go st- or would you stick to the same thought process okay this defense needs a linebacker because it does defense needs a linebacker i think that's that's what this need that's this is what can put this team over the top defensively um but you got a guy trey lance and say rivera does like trey lance do you do you still take the chance to say you know what we can trade a couple draft picks to obtain him well, I think it's according to know uh, what you have to get up, give up. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, Ron Rivera likes to trade Lynn. And if he drops down where, you, you know, you don't, you're not going up so far that you mm-hmm. have to give up number one draft pick, which is going to affect your team in building in years to come. Mm-hmm. You think about some of the mistakes that this Washington football team has made in the draft by giving up so much to move up. And those players, the number one draft picks that they got, half of them are not even on the team anymore. So it has to be the right situation for Trey Lynn that they don't have to give up so much. Now, if they, if, if it's just like, well, maybe one draft pick and I'm not giving up none of my defensive players, so you can forget that. So it just depends on what, what they're trying to, to, to give up in order to get that player and is it worth giving up those that draft those draft picks and certain players to get this one particular guy or when you look at the bigger picture which the linebacker position i think is where they're focused on right now also is will that make this team better right away and that's what i look at is what player is going to make this team better right away because you want to be able to build off where they left off last year. And to me, if you keep building that defense to be a great defense, it's going to dominate because guess what? Teams are not going to be able to score on them, and they're going to get them off the field. And to me, the reason why they didn't get off the field a lot last year is because that linebacker position, the middle, that, that part, it was a lot of breakdowns. So to me, I'm going to address a need and the quarterback, unless he's just the right person without giving up things a lot, that's the only way I would entertain that. But, of course, yes, you do mm-hmm. entertain it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just depends on, you know, what they're asking for at this point. No, I'm with you. I do think that the linebacker is probably the most important uh, position that they should take care of to kind of solidify uh, the defense. I actually – I'm one of the few people who think they're they're okay at cornerback. Uh, because they with with the signing of Willie Jackson, um, and then you have um, I, you know you have Fuller, uh, and then you have Jimmy Moreland. Uh, you can draft somebody in the second, third round for corner to just to solidify the the, the secondary. Um, but to to your but court, if you could get a yeah. horn, which he's yeah. gonna be gone to Dallas. Yeah, he's Dallas not, gonna be picking yeah. him or sustain uh, sure thing. Mm-hmm. That those two, the top two cornerbacks, are gonna be gone anyway. Yeah. The ones. So, so like you said, they're they're more secure there at cornerback than they are at linebacker. But another position we haven't even touched on, which I think is a yeah. need, is the tight end position. Yeah. With Logan Paulson, you you got to get somebody with him, and you got to get somebody that can step in and be an impact player. And some of the guys, Pitts, of course, from Florida, 
he's not going to be there. Cal's pit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be there. And, and, you know, some of the other one is Hunter Long from Boston College. He could be there. So I still think that you go with the linebacker, but you may have to address the tight end position because, you know, the passing game is still a little shaky, mm-hmm. even though they added, added some other bodies to help carry out. It's still unknown. You, and I think you still need a t- another tight end in there. So to, uh, to the next question, then, you know, uh, you know, we pretty much tackled what was going on in the first round. So what are some players or, you know, positions that this team should target in the second and later rounds? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, so, so often we always look, and that's the reason why I'm talking about not moving up because so often we always look for the number one draft pick because what they did in college. And remember a lot of these players, are coming off a of half season. Uh. So so it's a lot of unknown about some some of the players. Um no matter, you know, you know, fall, the 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 way the season just ended up panning out. But but I think that uh Gary Clark always tells me that uh and you know, he was picked in the late, later rounds too uh-huh. uh coming from the USL. But the thing that 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 they constantly say in the draft is is some of the guys in the later rounds that ends ends up a Jimmy Moreland, just think about him, that mm. steps in and is more impact, impactful player than some of the higher draft picks. So I think that that's where you're going to be able to address some of the other needs that this team has right now. And would I go after, like I say again, would I go after this quarterback? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking, look, they, they made so many mistakes with quarterbacks. <laughs> they haven't gotten it right yet. <laughs> you are not. You are not lying. Hey, Tom. So, 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 when, when is the last time they got that right? Ah, uh, what you mean the first round? Uh, Gus Perrat. Gus Perrat, baby. That Gus was the Perrat. first. I mean, she talked about a first rounder, though, right? I know. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm they got it right. About. They got they got Griffin right for one year, if that counts for one year. Ah, uh, nah, that that they didn't get it right because he's still not on the team. All right, so See, you know I'm what? I'm talking about getting it right where you got a Aaron Rodgers or you oh. got. Well, that's uh, Sammy Ball. Uh, Russell Wilson. You said Sammy Ball. Got, uh, uh, Mahomes. Sammy, uh, Mahomes. Sammy Ball. I, I'm, talking, I'm talking about a quarterback that you can build your team around for the future. Yeah. And and even RG3 has, was not that person because if he was, he would have been still here. Yeah. And Haskins was not that. So, really, they have not got that position right yet. Yeah, no, they haven't. They definitely So, haven't. I'm like. I'm like that's not where you need to even concentrate this year, and and when Ron Rivera actually did say that that might be that may not be an area that they would concentrate a lot on unless it was just the right situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm like it's some right situations out here with some of the <laughs> other needs that you need that you probably will get players that can come in right away and be impactful for this team, and that's to me what I would be looking at. And you look at the you know, the front office now with Martin Mayhew and, you know, some of the other guys have come on and Ron Rivera's, it should be interesting. I would like to be a fly on the wall in there when they're putting their leaderboard up there uh, as far as their, their picks. Um, so it'll, it's going to be interesting when it's, you know, all said and done. And it, like you said, it just depends on what other teams do in moving up or who they want to get. But I think the draft almost stays true of maybe a couple of teams moving up mm. at, at max. But I think that this year is such a strong uh, class of linebackers and offensive linemen and cornerbacks that, um, you know, you look at it's, it's the quarterback position, a strong position this with this graduating class mm. versus, you know, the other three areas I just mentioned. Those are the areas that's got like players, like a list of players that you can pick from if you don't get the top picks. No, definitely, definitely. Hey, Don, before we let you go, uh, um, could you just tell folks about some of the shows you got going on? You know, obviously you're like on Madison. You're everywhere. I mean, you're a very popular individual. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you, you know, you know, you know, I ran track and field in college. So uh, I got a track meet coming up in a awesome. couple of weeks down in, uh, you know, last year. And the outdoors track season was canceled for everybody because of COVID. And then the indoor season was pretty much canceled also. So the MEAC is having their outdoors championship on May the 7th and the 8th Uh down at North Carolina A&T. So I'm going to be covering that meet. 
Okay. So I'm excited about that because I, you know, love track and field. And it's exciting to see, you know, um, the runners again were, you know, with everything that was going on, just the opportunity to be a part of the outdoor season, these athletes, and especially the ones that are single, uh, uh, seniors. And, you know, with the Olympics becoming up later on in the summer, uh, some of these athletes, you just never know because they've got uh, North Carolina A&T has dominated for the last probably three or four years I've been covering uh, the track and field. So should be an interesting meet. So that's just a little bit, you know, I'm doing. And then, I, you know, Tony and I've got something coming up on the risings uh, outside of the show. So okay. I'll talk about that a little bit after, you know, we put it all together. So Sounds but good. That, that's just a little bit of what I'm doing. A little something, something, Donna. I see you. I see you. Hey, Donna, thanks for being on. I'm going to catch you later. And let me know what, what you guys got going on. <laughs> Definitely. And, and, and guess what? I'm going to be uh, calling all of you all up after this draft is over to see what happens. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. To see if my, leader, to see if my leaderboard was on target. Okay. All right. That's cool. I'm not betting no crab cakes, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you already owe me, too. That's true. That's so. facts. That's facts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all have a good one. It's uh, always great kicking it with oh, you. Oh, you know, Donna, same here. It's always, it's always. Thank a you, pleasure. Donna. <laughs> Again, that's Donna Hopkins on, from the Tony McGee's Pro, Pro Football Plus. Uh, she's the Washington uh, Football Team reporter. So make sure you uh, check her out. Will T. Next, <laughs> yeah, out of Washington. <laughs> I got it. Listen, I'm on point, bro. You are. I, I know. I, I know my role. I okay? see. I see. <laughs> After last night's defeat against the San Antonio Spurs, have the Washington Wizards peak? We talked about this after the break. <laughs> the Urban Sports scene. I love it. Do I'm your homie Wole with the Urban Sports scene, part of Empire Media. And I'm here to tell you about Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing sports gaming platform in North America, while being the third largest daily fantasy sports platform. It's easy to play. Users don't have to spend all day analyzing salary caps and lineups like other daily fantasy sports sites. It also offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR, and much more. Plus, users won't compete against thousands of professionals with algorithms like other daily fantasy sports sites. That crap could be annoying. Monkey Knife Fight has various jackpot contests such as Home Run Derby, which is the MLB $5,000 jackpot on Fridays, and Eagle Eye, which is the PGA $2,500 jackpot on Thursdays. Sign up now and get your chance to win the bag. Go to www.monkeyknifefight.com. Again, that is www.monkeyknifefight.com and don't forget to sign up using the code urban again that's urban that's u-r-b-a-n urban hey help me make you great you are listening to the urban sports scene with will t Myself, Wole, and Ray Gigi, part of Empire Media. The Washington Wizards um, have won eight out of nine games. Uh, are the Wizards peaking uh, for a potential playoff spot? They've all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think they have. I, I think this team has. I think it's uh, it's gotten to its apex. Um, you know, you have Russell Westbrook playing. Uh, you know not committing a lot of turnovers, not, you know, playing hero ball, as some would say. Um, Bradley Bills being incredible, especially last night, was incredibly um, efficient from the field. But outside of those two guys, you and, you know, when Roy, Roy, Rui Hachimura is in the lineup, um, he's able to give them something. But outside of those three guys, you don't really get a lot of major contributions from the rest of the roster. And if this team is going to stay in that uh, – 10th spot so they're eligible for the play-in the play-in game they're going to need more they're going to need uh consistent consistency throughout the roster um especially when you have a team what 
Go ahead, brother. I'm going to let you finish. No, I'm no, sorry. no. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Um, especially when you, you know, with Chicago, when, they, when they're able to give Zach Levine back over the next, potentially knock the Wizards out of one of the top 10 spots in the Eastern Conference. Oh, here's where I, I guess, disagree. I don't want to debate. You know, we ain't on that debate life right now. But I think Daniel Gaffer has been so beneficial for this team defensively on the offensive glass and also providing that, that lob threat that the Wizards didn't have before. We had Robin Lopez, who I love the hook shot. I love his efficiency. But was he a threat at the basket to explode the way Daniel Gafford has? Daniel Gafford, I mean, seeing him go up against Cleveland, it showed you his potential um, as to what he can, he can become in this league. And going against Jared Allen, that's who he looks to become, in my opinion. So I think he's been awesome. If you talk about just consistency within the roster, I don't want to see him go down. When he went down with injury, they begin to lose. Are they peaking is an interesting question. You mentioned Russ. Russ has definitely been great. However, last night, if you saw how the game was flowing, Rui was playing excellent. He went five for seven from the floor. You got to get him more touches. Sometimes Russ takes bad shots. That last shot was a bad shot. He shoots early into the shot clock. And that's why I think Brooks just has to be a better coach. Brooks has been the issue from the beginning of the season to now. I know COVID and injuries definitely played a role. But when you can't find consistent lineups, when you when you allow Brad to go one on one too often and not and not necessarily lean on his teammates because where Brad needs to improve at this point is just being a closer. That's it. So I think if Brad can become that closer, somebody who should have took the 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 last shot last night. I mean, ultimately he did, but I'm talking about that shot that Russ got. I think this team it doesn't matter who they play. I tell everybody the schedule does not matter because they can be Utah. They've beaten Phoenix. They've beaten the Lakers. They've beaten the Pelicans. Yeah. They've beaten a lot of the top teams in the league. They've beaten the Celtics. They, the only teams they have yet to beat are the teams at the top of this conference, and that's my concern. Can you beat Milwaukee? Can you beat um, – well, they have beat Brooklyn. I'll take that back. But can you beat Philly? Because that could be somebody you see in the first round. I don't care what any other team does. I don't care about the schedule. Yeah. The Wizards can beat anybody. Yeah, so like the Wizards right, – so, no, so go, ahead, go ahead, Will. No, I was going to say, Ray, you're right about Gafford. Gafford has been able to give them production over the, you know, through this stretch. But I guess for me, the biggest draw, the biggest drawback that I'll say about Scott Brooks is he isn't, we've seen what Gafford has done. Gafford's been able to be an athletic big who can run the floor, who can provide a, a threat at the rim on loss off the pick and roll. But the guy's only getting like 25 minutes a game. And it's like, and the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's the, the same. It's the same. The Wizards can score. I don't think that that's an issue. Like scoring is not the issue with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. So we can say, you know, they added Gafford. That's good. You know, at the end of the day, it's still about stopping people, and they still can't do that. Um, um, in this in this stretch, you know, yeah, they've they've won games. They played well. I give a lot of credit, to be honest with you, even though he did have a bad game. I get a lot of credit to Russ. Um, and and I get what you're saying about, you know, that was a bad shot by Russ. But at the same time, we all we've all hooped. We all seen what certain certain people do with closing time and clutch situations. Russ, though mm-hmm. bad or good shot, whatever you want to call it, he don't get tight. He just misses. You know, that's different. He ain't getting tight. He just misses. Mm-hmm. Like Brad, we can talk about it for real. Like Brad, you 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 want him to take the shot because he's a guy who scores forty five points. He scores thirty at the high. He can throw score thirty easy. But when we're talking about two minutes less left left in the game, and right, we've seen it up close because we've seen it at games. Personally, we're covering it. We've watching it on TV. That his mm-hmm. shot gets tight. If it ain't a layup, his shot gets tight. And you saw even that Jake, the last shot of the game. I'm not saying he's gonna make the shot, but that was a tight shot because he got a good look. You know what I mean? I'm telling. And that and if that game was in the third, in the second or third quarter, that shot looks a little bit more closer. But in that situation, because of, you know, where, what was going on, that shot got tight. Russ ain't tight. That's one thing about, you know, to me, for this team, Russ has been clutch. I don't – he's been clutch for this team. The, the game against Brooklyn when he hit that big three, he, was, he wasn't going good, but it just he's not scared of the moment. His J, it is what it is. He's just not tight at that moment. So I feel like, yeah, I'm, I know what you're talking about in yesterday's game, but and, and it was a bad shot. But I kind of would live with Russ taking that shot because I know – Russ at that moment isn't scared of the moment. Yeah, well, you know I love Russ, mm. and I totally agree with you on everything you just said. And I agree with you to, a, to, to, to some level in terms of Brad. However, remember what I told you, and I've been saying this for years, Brad gets better every season. I just yeah, said he, he needs to get better as a closer. 
he's getting there though. You mentioned the Brooklyn shot for us. Who hit the three before that? It was Brad. Yeah. In the Golden State game, who hit that clutch three at Golden State? It was Brad and got fouled. Brad actually closed that game well, so he's getting there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, again, I think Brooks needs to, needs to draw up plays and put him in the right position. And then not overly rely on him throughout the course of the game so that he can be that guy at the end so he can be a bit fresher because you do have some guys around you. Even Neto has played much better during the stretch. And like you said, offensively is not the problem. So they're going to score. When Brad is out, they still competed. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking Brad is getting to that point. I just want to give him some love. So mm-hmm. in order to get him to that level, you got to allow him to take these shots and he'll grow and he'll, he'll continue to, to, to become that guy because every year he's improving. Hopefully he'll get that scoring champ. Chan, um, I don't know, Steph looking real, though. Hopefully he'll be, be the scoring champ, and then hopefully he'll be all NBA. First team all be NBA. It should be no reason why he shouldn't be. Yeah, definitely. And then you look at – but it's, it's, it's a key situation for them. You know, uh, they took advantage of the schedule, and then you did what you're supposed to do, and it's when, you know, in that stre- in that stretch. And they went they went to 8-9 and nine for it. And now they, they're putting themselves in a good situation. But they have some – like, I know you don't like looking at the schedule, Ray, but they got some tough teams coming up on, on the schedule. They got Atlanta twice. Teams were fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, you got Milwaukee in the same, you know, Milwaukee, you got, um, you got the Hornets. So you got teams that you're fighting for. Um, so it's going to be a telltale, a telltale sign for the Washington uh, Wizards down this stretch, because not only are you playing, you know, tough opponents, you're playing opponents that are vying, are, are vying for the spot that you're trying to get. No doubt. No doubt. That's going to come down. To, it's going to come down to Brooks. Brooks is going to have to prove himself. I'm a little concerned because, no Wizards fan at this point that I know of wants to see him get an extension. But, you know, you let them get in that playing oh, game or well, and, and, and they win mm-hmm. and they make a nice run in the playoffs. I don't know how far they go. I think I think Brooks is back. And that's the that's the concern, because at this point, he seems to have plateaued as a coach, unfortunately. And, and that's largely on defense. But again, creativity on offense as well. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and also they're playing my Lakers on is that tomorrow. So that's going to be an interesting game. Yep. You know what I'm saying? AD back, so. I mean, I'm I already gonna, beat them. We already beat the Lakers, so. Yeah, no, we no AD. We, it was it no LeBron? No AD? Was, was it? No, LeBron? they beat LeBron. They beat LeBron. No AD, time. I'm sorry. No AD. I apologize. No AD. Uh, so, yeah, you, you get stack, stack your team. Yeah, get your AD back. You got to stack your team over LeBron away. He tried. He stepped out of bounds. He's oh, ago, he got stack, his, stack he his team. This team ain't stacked. <laughs> I wish this team was stacked. This team ain't stacked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, should Ryan Zimmerman be the Nat starting first baseman? We'll talk about this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Lane for ages. You dig? Deuces. Listening to the urban sports scene with Ray Jeezy, Will T, and myself, Wole, part of Amplifier Media. So, guys, Will T is about to blow, blow a gasket watching <laughs> the Washington Nationals play right now. Will T is going to be all right, brother. But let's start our discussion with this first baseman, starting first baseman, Josh Bell. He's hitting 119, only has one home run. Of course, uh, our ride or die back, back up first baseman Ryan Zimmerman. He's hitting 294. He's got two home runs. He doubled them up. Should Zimmerman be starting? Is the question we have tonight. Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, only for this reason. Josh Bell was one of your um, star acquisitions in the offseason. 
Um, we haven't even made it to May yet. Um, you have to get, allow him to have time to get back in the groove and um, and pick and put, play at the level that he played at um, prior to twenty prior to the twenty twenty season um, in twenty twenty in twenty nineteen. Josh Bell Josh Bell is proven to be a um, an all-star player. Um, he's proven to um, be able to make hits in big spots when he was in Pittsburgh. So you got to allow him the opportunity to uh, get back into the groove and, and find, you know, find a swing. All right. So on Twitter, I uh, posted the same question um, at uh, Power Boulder 69 said a uh, tough call. We didn't sign Bell to have him sit on the bench, but Zim is hidden and Bell isn't at a minimum. Uh, Zim needs more starts. Um, I'm a little bit with, I'm with you, Will T. I think it's a little bit too early, um, but, you know, not, you know, but it does get to a point where you, when you have a guy um, in Zimmerman who has started the season off, you know, uh, hitting what, hit, hit, hitting good. I won't say like hitting efficiently. And then you got a guy in Josh Bell who's, you know, not even hitting 200. Um, it does get to a point where you have to kind of look at it and like my man said, give, give Zimmerman more starts. Um, I would definitely look at, you know, lowering um, Bell in the lineup uh, because once he starts hitting, I'm with you. Like he's a guy that does have the potential to um, help carry an offense. Um, We saw in Pittsburgh, he was playing at a high level in 2019 uh, for a while. You know, he was probably looking like the best offensive first baseman. Um, So if you can get that type of bat back with this lineup with, with the Juan Soto, uh, with the, um, with the Trey Turner, who tonight has two home runs. Uh, you, if you have a, you know, have a guy hitting, hitting that well in that lineup. Um, yeah, this can help he can definitely, uh, take help, take this team to another level. Um, as much as we like Ryan Zimmerman, we do kind of know where he's at this point of his career, uh, where he's going to cap at it, uh, cap out at. Um, so Z- Bell is a guy that is intriguing. He's a guy that you do, you know, if you can get right, he's a guy that arguably can be probably your third best hitter in, in your lineup. And not only that, um, one thing we do know for sh- we we do history has told us is Ryan Zimmerman, his body has a tendency to yeah, break down. Very good point. Um, it has over the past couple of seasons. So with him being in, I think Ryan Zimmerman is thirty five, if I'm not mistaken, thirty five to thirty six. Um, with him being an older player, um, you, yeah, he's 36. You want to afford him the opportunity to have those days off and not be in the lineup consistently just because of his injury history. No, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, Go ahead, Will. And plus there's, yeah, there's also something to, you know, when a player is going through a slump, allowing him the opportunity to work his way out of that slump. Yeah, I'm with that. Right? Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is a guy like Josh Bell, who didn't have a strong 2020 season, starts off slow 2021, and then you bench him for Ryan Zimmerman, then it's, it can, and I don't know Josh Bell, it can start to affect him, affect him mentally. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that you're going to need for the, you know, for the dog days of summer if this team wants to compete for the NL East championship. That's true, man. He's definitely a guy that has a lot of pop. Um, and you, and he's a guy that can, like I said, can definitely can help lead this squad to, you know, help lead this squad to where they want to go to. Uh, because he is, I mean, again, he's a, he's a, if he, if going right, he's a dynamic um, home run hitter. Uh, also on Twitter, um, my man Steven tweeted a good question. Um, though I think, I still think Bell needs, needs his reps. But they need to be more willing to go to Zim. He's more than a pinch hitter. Um, I mean, he, Zim is a guy that everybody loves in this area. I mean, obviously because he's Mr. National, and um, I get it. Like I like Zimmerman too. I would like for him to get more at bats, but I know how it is, and I know again, you you sign, you got Josh Bell for a reason. Put it that way, you got him for a reason. Um, we should not. I'm a man uh, at uh, well, Pack Ten Ken uh, tweeted. We should not even be having a conversation about bench and Bell. He has too much of the big pop upside we need. The Nats need to solve this first 
uh, first base log jam another way. Move Zimmerman or Bell to second. To second. To second what? No, that that Zimmerman or Bell to that, second. What? No. <laughs> Not second base. Not second base. Base. I hope that's. A, I hope they didn't mean that. Hopefully not. You know what I mean? Like like my man said, man. My, my man, uh, Bill has pop. He, you know what I'm saying. You know what has like a vicious home run contest type of thing, Wilty? Do you know what has that? Do you know? Oh, in the um, the the affiliate league, ML. What, you said affiliate Hello? league. Yeah, I'm here. You said the affiliate league. What? No, no what, what, what were you? What, no, I was I, saying, do you know I, what has? Guess, a, no. Do you know what has? You know, you know what has a vicious home run contest? No. Monkey knife fight. See what I did there, dog? See what I just did there? Do you <laughs> see, see what, what you, I did there? I see what you, did. you know what I, I mean? What hey, did. listeners, all you gotta do if you're trying to win the bag, man, I'm talking about some G's, like ten thousand some G's on every every Friday. All you gotta do is go to monkeyknifefight.com. You know, insert the code URBAN, and you get an opportunity to win the bag. That's all you got to do. It's that easy. See what I just did, man? You can get Josh Bell. You can I get, you, you can get Soto. You, you can get, you, you know what I'm saying? They can get Soto. Hey, look, that's money. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, you can, hey, you can get some fresh J's. You know what I'm saying? You can add on to whatever you try and get. I don't know what y'all into. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea what y'all into. If you need a new, a new big screen TV, if you want to get some work on the house, hey, monkey knife fight. Is, monkey knife fight is the, is the move, bro. It's the move. Absolutely. You see, see what I just did there? I make things happen, man. I make it. Yeah, I did. I, I, you did. You did. You that and that. Because that one was not in the, we didn't discuss that one. I didn't know where you were going with. It. I know, I know. So I, but I appreciate, I appreciate where you ended. I appreciate where you ended. Look, man, you know? look, bro. I had to, I had to do it for the team. All right, the Washington Capitals are getting ready for another postseason run. WNST's Washington Capitals insider Ed Frankovic will join the show to discuss, to talk about the Caps after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saint for Aitas Yadig Deuces. To the urban sports scene with Will T, Wole, and Ray Jeezy, part of Empire Media. All right, right now we have WNST Washington Capitals insider Ed Frankovich on the line. What's going on, Ed? Gentlemen, I am doing well. It's nice outside. Still playing some hockey, though, with this late start. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And right now, the Caps are 31, 13, and 4. Only eight games left, second place in the East. Here we go with this word peaking on Urban Sports Team. That's the word of the day. Enter co- <laughs> uh, promo code peaking. Is this team peaking and going into the postseason? <laughs> well, I, you have to be encouraged by the way they're playing against the Islanders this week. And, and they're up one nothing here after two periods. And they pretty much dominated the game. The one thing they're not doing that they're going to need to do in the playoffs is Get get more shots on net with traffic, right? That's the key to the playoffs. And and I like the acquisition they made bringing in um, Anthony Mantha because he's a big body that can go to the net, right? So uh, I think this team, when they decide they're going to press the play and, and and play heavy hockey like the the style they won the cup with in 2018, when they play that way, and I think Peter Laviolette realizes that when they play that way, they're hard to beat. But when they sit back and try and nurse a lead and, and take away that aggression where they're hitting the other team's defensemen and making them pay for every play they make. And when they sit back, they're not a very good team. So uh, I think they're finally getting it. Um, Ovechkin's out of the lineup right now with a minor injury, but you know, there's, there's eight games to go or seven games in a period. If they can beat the Islanders tonight, they're back in first. And um, I don't think it really matters whether they finish first or not. I think the key is just what's the matchup in the first round. And I'd love to play the Islanders. I think they match up well with them. Oh, so, so why would you say they match up well against the Islanders? I just think that um, the Islanders don't have a whole lot of scores, right? Matt Barzell is an amazing player. He's a fun player to watch. He's very fast. Um, but they don't have a lot of offensive talent. And I think the Capitals feel confident playing against them. I know Barry Trotz is a great coach, but so is Peter Laviolette. And the Capitals seem to have the matchup advantage against them. Uh-huh. Well, and and I, I don't feel – I wouldn't feel really nervous about playing Pittsburgh, but I don't like matching up against Boston or the Rangers. I think if the Rangers get in, and I don't think they're going to get in, but the Rangers are young and they're, they're a coming team. They're going to be really tough next year. The Rangers' speed gives the Capitals all kinds of fit. Uh-huh. fits. And Boston's got that big line of Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak. They've added Taylor Hall. They're getting healthy on the back end. Uh, Boston's just a team that has a lot of experience, and, and if they're healthy, I just with Pittsburgh. Okay, so like the Caps are splitting time with goaltender Samsonov and Vanacek. Um, who do you see being the guy once 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 postseason comes around? Yeah, you know it's, they don't have Braden Holtby anymore, where we just knew he was going to be the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, I think Sam Sonoff was drafted in the first round expecting to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And he showed signs of that. I, I think Vanacek's been the most consistent this year. I think that's a big question mark. That's a great question. Who's going to be the guy? And uh, the Capitals are going in with two very young goalies and never played a playoff game. I, I think that's a big – that's probably the thing you have to be most worried about with the Capitals is the goaltending. I think the defense is way better this year. I think they've done a great job with the forward crew. Um, if they play the right way and stay out of the penalty box, uh, they've got a good chance to win every game. And, and then it comes down to other goalies making the key saves. And I think Sam Sonoff is going to have to be the guy, right? That's what the Capitals are uh-huh. counting on. But if he doesn't, Vanacek certainly, every time something's been thrown at him this year where you look like, okay, this guy finally had a bad game, he's done, he's you know going to go back and just be the backup, he comes back and, and just keeps playing strong. So uh, there's pros and cons to not having any playoff experience. We saw a couple of years ago, Matt Murray go in and win the cup uh, as a rookie goalie. You know, Patrick Waugh won the cup as a rookie goalie kind of out of nowhere. Ron Hextall took his team to the finals. So there's a lot of precedence there for rookie goalies going in and, and doing really well in the playoffs. So uh, I think that's what the Capitals are counting on because they don't have a Braden Holpe with all that playoff experience that they can rely on like they have in the past. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media, Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Uh, right now, we're rapping with WNST's Caps Insider, Ed Frankovic. So, Ed, who do you want to see step up in these remaining eight games as you want to, again, finish strong so you can go into the playoffs with some momentum? Sorry, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think what you got to see is you got to see something, this third line start to click, right? 
you, you got to have three lines that can score. It's not a top six and a, and a top four anymore. It's a top nine league and a top four D. So I want to see the Eller, Strong, and Sheary line continue to do what they're doing. I think they've been very good, and, and uh, they're scoring goals. It reminds me a little bit of Eller, uh, Connolly, and Burkowski. And, and that, that line was a key to the Cup, the year they won the Cup. A lot of big goals from that from Connolly and from Burkowski. And uh, so I think the Eller, Sprong, and Sheary line is going to play a real key role uh, as we head into the playoffs. I like the fact that they're, you know, they're getting a lot of uh, reps on the back end. Trevor Ramsey, Van Reemsteig's getting some reps here on D. They have 7-8 D that they feel pretty good about going into the playoffs. So I'm not really worried about the defense like I have been the past few years. So really, let's get the third line going and, and just see – you know, if Sam Sonoff can get in a little rhythm here, that's the other guy. Get in a rhythm, you know, get a couple really solid games and get some confidence for in the playoffs because that's what it's about in the playoffs. Well, Ed, man, we appreciate you being on. Um, hopefully we're going to have you during the playoff, this playoff run. And hopefully it, it's a little reminder of what we saw a couple years ago with this tap, the Cavs making a big run and winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, it's my pleasure to always be on with you guys. You know, you can call me anytime and I'll come on. And I hope we have a nice little couple-month run here and we're talking on Tuesdays oh. because I certainly love talking to you guys. And I'm very happy. Uh, I like the Empire.com connection. Congratulations oh, to you, you guys. Thank I, you. I hope people thank are really you. Appreciate you know, it. tuning in because you guys really love sports and you have a passion for it and, and all of them, right, all the sports yeah. around here. So I, I, I'm very happy to see you guys. Oh, Thanks. Thanks, Ed. We appreciate that. Thank you. We appreciate it. Anytime, gentlemen. Again, that is Ed Frankovic from WNST. Check him out. He's the Capitals Insider Reporter. All right, hey, subscribe to our uh, – what you want to say, Will T? Just one, just one thing. Sure. Speaking of all the sports, yes. uh, Floyd Mayweather has officially announced Logan Paul. Six, he will be fighting Logan Paul in Hard Rock Arena in Miami, Florida, wow. on Showtime pay-per-view. Oh, shit, it's a Showtime pay-per-view? Wow. Yes, a Showtime pay-per-view, Oof. June 6th. Who's and I believe him? June 6th. Here's the kicker, June 6th is a Sunday. It's a Sunday? Yes. Huh, okay. Leonard Ellaby, man. Okay. Leonard Ellaby, I don't know, brother. <laughs> we, we, got, we got to reconnect. Man. You, you you job you frustrating me. I got to go to my I got to go to my DC voice. You you job frustrating. Me, bro. I don't know about those but yeah. Anyway, hey. he's hyping it too. He's hyping it on Twitter right oh, now. Oh my god, I gotta check this out, man. Yeah. Hey, subscribe to our Gary Russell said it. <laughs> What'd you say? Right? Nah, Gary Russell said that the sport of boxing is being watered down sure, by the Paul Browns. Go ahead, brother. You know it. Oh wow. Hey, yeah, it is. No, it's not even by the Paul. I, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, say, say what you no, want to say. Say what you no, want to say. Not, it's, 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 not, it's not even about the, the Paul brothers watering down the sports. It's the fans, right? Mm. They're not going to put on – they're not going to put these guys on a card if there isn't a demand from the fans, mm. right? If the fans don't support this garbage, then this garbage wouldn't be put on – they wouldn't put on this production. But things, one – He's one of the Paul brothers. And two, it's Floyd Mayweather, right? So yeah. people just want to, you know, Floyd is, you know, for all he's accomplished, he's one of the greatest boxers ever, right? Mm -hmm. But also there's a dual, and, you know, and his personality and his lifestyle is engaging and it brings people, you know, who are not uh, diehard fans of the sport to the sport and they want to see, they want to see him box. But on the flip side of that, there's a large contingent of people because he's so flashy, because he's so flamboyant, they want to see him lose. And that's why people will support this fight for the pos for the slight possibility that he may lose. Hmm. Ain't that the truth? Just, this is the, but this ain't the fight to watch. Hey, subscribe to our podcast no, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, tune in, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. And hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Hey, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Ampire Media shows as well as other great content. 
Hey, we appreciate you for listening. You've been listening to the urban sports scene. For ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.